Rebecca, we don't hear you. I apologize. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 23rd, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on the top of the page XIII forward to first edition. Today's readers are Janice M., Katie F., Deborah R., Hoodie R., and Larry K. Our newcomer reader is Susie K. The reference number for Wednesday, November 22nd, 2016 is 9288. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12 steps. Well, good morning to everyone. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will in our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Cast. Thank you, Janice M. I will now ask Katie F. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but, are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. In 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminded us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, KDF. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify. We've lost you. Hello, is anyone there? Rebecca, we don't hear you. This is Rebecca. I'm sorry I got knocked off the line. Um, We can hear you now. Thank you so much, Janice. Do you remember? I think I was at singleness of purpose. 
reminds us to identify as compulsive mm-hmm. overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing the topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book at the top of page XIII, forward to first edition, through the first paragraph ending with its advantages for all. I will ask Deborah R. to begin reading. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Deborah R. Um, This is the forward, as it appears in the first edition printing of the first edition in 1939. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope these pages will prove so convincing that no further authentication will be necessary. We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages to all. And what a privilege. This is one of my favorite paragraphs um, to share with a newcomer because it encompasses um, many things um, I can pick out easily and focus on that men and women who have recovered, there's an ED there, they're not recovering, but they've recovered. Also, that it mentions the hopelessness. That's another key point that being desperate enough to do whatever it takes is one of the things that will make working this program much easier because we're ready for it. And it also brings in here the state of mind and body, talks about the twofold disease before it's explained in masterly detail as they talk about later on, Um, the twofold allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. Um, and that line that's italicized to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of the book. Um, and that is uh, italics. I believe I've heard somebody else say that that costs more money to get that into printing. Um, but regardless, it's like taking the yellow magic marker for me and letting us know that what we're embarking on will provide a way to get out of my hopeless state of mind and body. And for these pages are so convincing, we hope that you don't have to go elsewhere. I still remember my first sponsor saying, you know, do you want to try something else before doing this? Um, And I was kind of confused, but really, um, you can't serve two masters and you either serve a higher power or you serve this disease. That's kind of the two choices. And um, I was ready back 
34 years ago to embark on my first part of my journey. Um, it hasn't been perfect, and, and I've enjoyed the last 14 years being solid and working this program. Um, and also, it, it mentions very um, obviously, um, for one, that the alcoholic is a very sick person. I, as a food addict, am a very sick person. And there was no other means of... I had tried plenty of them. I won't waste time on the list. But um, I knew there was no... When I got here, I was at my bottom. And I liked what I saw. I liked what I heard. And I was attracted to that. And I, when I got the big book back in 1982... I could identify. And the last I'll wrap up with, we are sure that our way of living has advantages for all, and I'm living those advantages um, one day at a time. And I thank you very much for the ability to share. Pass. Thank you, Deborah R. Who would like to share this beginning this Larry. paragraph? This, this is Larry. Can I share? Can I hear Jonathan? Larry. Katie G. Katie G from Boston. Melissa C. Harlan G. I didn't catch that name ending with G. Katie. Harlan G. Oh, Harlan. I got you. I have you, Katie. Harlan. Okay. Okay, so let me tell you who I have. Larry, Bella, Janice, I think. Katie G, Vasa O, Melissa C, Harlan G, I think. Did I miss anybody? Amanda R. Charles G. H. Amanda R. And Charles Kim G. H. Kim G. Okay. Let's go with this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten to start. <laughs> Larry Kay, you can go next. Okay, thanks so much. Uh, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, okay, so, you know, you know, I'd be remiss if, if we don't, if we don't uh, draw our attention to the word we. You know, I, I, I can't recover. I, I can't do this alone. But we can together, you know, we of, of, of Overeaters Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, with the help of our higher power, can be pulled from the depths of despair. You know, we can be, we can be set on a firm foundation of recovery. And th- these were the first 100, approximately 100, uh, who had recovered. There's that word, recovered. Um, you know, re- the big book authors immediately tell us what the very purpose of this book is. You know, we're, they're not going to tell us how, you know, how we, how we might recover, how we kind of recover. It's going to tell us, you know, how we precisely recovered. It's the main purpose of the book. And it's going to, you know, the absolute reason for this book's existence is to show you and I how to recover from this disease. And, and this, of course, is a revolutionary, it's an incredible, incredible statement because, you know, before this book was, was published, there, there was no hope for a guy like me. No hope whatsoever. And, uh, and now, are you kidding me? They're telling me that anyone can recover who is willing to follow these simple directions. So now the words recover and recovered are not necessarily popular in OA. However, this, you know, this word is used uh, 
you know, uh, throughout our literature. And our definition of recovered is really at the bottom of page uh, 84 in the they call the 10-step promises. And it says, you know, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in, keep in fit spiritual condition. I mean, that's a heck of a promise there. That's a heck of a promise. So th- this statement, precisely how we have recovered, and uh, what a beautiful program. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Stella, and your first initial. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. You know, a paragraph we talk. And today I want to talk about of our experiences. Yes, it's not a book that tells you I am better than you, you are, you are better than me. It's not a book that will teach us a program like a teacher and a student, that a teacher knows that she knows better than the student. It's not a program of a therapist with his patient or a doctor with his patient. We are all the same. We are sharing the same disease. And it doesn't matter, men, women, uh, young, old, uh, rich, no rich, we are all the same. We are sharing the same disease, the same sickening person. It's not a program of competition. It's not a program of being jealous. You know, it's not a program that I want to be by myself because, oh, no, I don't want you should know that I have my character defect. No, we are all the same. We are sharing our experience. And from our our own experience, we can learn. And it's amazing that it's so powerful to talk with somebody in the program that I don't even know them and people don't know me. We know that we, you know, we can talk, you know, and to feel safe and secure. And people can tell me, oh, Bella, I know what you are going through because I went the same way. And you know what? I can tell you what I did. And it's amazing that, you know, we are, many of us, we are so different, you know, not the same religion, not the same economic situation, not the same, you know, place of living, but we are sharing the same experience. And this is the power of, of, of the hope that, you know, it's not I am better than you, you are better than me. We are all the same. We are all connected to our, you know, higher power that loves us and accepts us. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. 
Thank you, Bella G. Janice M., were you on the roster here? Or did I hear your name erroneously? Yes, yes, I'm here. <laughs> I was muted. Oh, good. Okay. Okay, I wasn't thank sure. you. Yeah, thank you. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful to today and always recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, I'm just going to go back on that word again, recovered. You know, a lot of people say, oh, no, don't say recovered, you know. But you know what? There's no debate here. The book says recovered, so I say recovered (laughs) because I I did precisely what they did. They showed me precisely, exactly the way out of this beast of the disease that I have of the obsession of the mind. And therefore, I don't have the allergy for today. Um, and, you know, there's more than one author here. I, I mean, you know, when there's more than one author, I'm I'm kind of kind of believe them. I mean, I don't know too many books that just have one author. I mean, that have more than one author. And um, it's not their opinion they showed. That means they show us by their the actions that they did to get a way out of this. My way, Janice's way didn't work. You know, we say our best thinking got here, I'm, and I thought I was pretty smart. Well, I wasn't. I didn't know how to do this. So precisely, exactly, it reminds me of um, I have a friend that makes a wonderful cheesecake, and she gave, oh, give me the recipe, I said, give me the recipe, and uh, she did. And, uh, you know, open the door, keep it cracked, put this amount of ingredients in, put that amount. But Janice has a big ego. I say, nah, my thinking says, no, nah, you know what? I think I'll add more flour or more whatever it was. And uh, it didn't come out the same because I put my own thinking into it. Well, couldn't understand it, see? And that's what this whole program, my experience anyway, is, yeah, I took this and I took that, but I wouldn't do this and I did that. And guess what? I came out with the same disease. I'll always have the same disease, but I wasn't recovered because I left out a lot of things that I wanted to. My ego, that was the problem. So that's what it says. They're going to show, they're going to show us the actions, the actions that I have to take and that I take every day to keep clean, to keep myself recovered. I don't keep it because I have a higher power that does, but that's what the, that's what the program of recovery does it shows me it gives me a power greater than myself and uh, because what does it show us it shows us a new way of living because it seemed that I was hopeless but I I really wasn't and with that I pass thanks thank you Janice M Katie T hey Rebecca it's Katie can you hear me I can. Okay, perfect. Hi, Let me start my timer. Good morning. It's Katie G, Recovered Compulsible Reader, Anorexic and Bulimic. Oh, such good sharing, guys. Thanks for feeding me this morning. Um, all right. So it's not saying to show others precisely how we binged and purged and vomited and uh, did all that crazy stuff that so many of us do, do right? Um it helps in the beginning, right? Like we have to identify in. 
but as so many of my teachers on this line remind me, it is not about this purpose is to bring us in and to say, yeah, look at me like I uh, have been 228 pounds. I've been 110 pounds. I've eaten out of trash. I've purged with laxatives, duh, da, 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 da. But guys, that's not what I do today, right? Food is no longer my solution, right? Um, God is my solution, and thank you, God. And I'm, I'm living on borrowed time. Today, the life I have is I just want to back further and further away from it because it's not mine, and it is incredible. Um, and, and, you know, as somebody else alluded to, I am not hopeless anymore. I am not truly hopeless. Um, and I love this book. did so much for me, right? Like, First, it convinces me I don't have to go, I don't have to go crazy and continue looking at these doctors, tell me what the solution is, right? It says no further authentication is needed, so I don't need to go anywhere. I'm convinced. I'm all in. I never drank, you know, I never did my eating and, and drinking light, so I don't do this program light. I'm 110% in. They've got me, right? What have they got me? Number one. They've taught me, right? I have an allergy of the body. I have an obsession of the mind. I have an allergy of the body that's going to, um, anytime I ignite my phenomenon of craving with exercise, with anorexia, with bulimia, I'm in trouble, right? But the problem is I can abstain for a while and I have a brain that's going to go back no matter what. So it's taught me. And then it's brought me through and it's shown me, Katie, you are selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid. And guess what, KDG? The world doesn't operate around you. So, so get in your place, girl, you are one among many. So then I take my place, and then guess what? I have a primary purpose. Holy smokes, like how many years did I spend wanting my neighbor, my neighbor, she was a swimmer, really good at swimming. Everybody had a thing. I wanted a thing. I never had my thing. Today I have a thing. Today I have a primary purpose. And it is to wake up every morning and for the privilege of saying, thank you, God, for the opportunity to say abstinent, sober, and sane today. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to see where I am wrong. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to see all of the blessings you brought into my life. So if you're new, if you're hurting right now, hang on to your seats because you're going on for the ride of your life. If you do what we do exactly one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Vasa O. Thank you. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vida, calling from Florida. And uh, yes, I was that hopeless person when I came to OA. Uh, when it came to the food, uh, you know, I remember hearing what people did and what I did. I was identifying. And I said, oh my God, I felt like I was at home. I'm just so grateful to the person that uh, shared her recovery with me. And, uh, of course, I was given this book. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, my higher power. Because this is where I heard was the solution, you know. After trying to find a solution for my problem for years, dieting, doctors, exercising, doing some bulimia, anorexia, many, many years of my life, and finally, 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 I said, this doesn't work. I'm just going to die miserable and, and unhappy. And um, I love the reading right here in the, the first edition 
we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And I found hope, you know, that I had lost hope. I had given in to the food before I came to Overeaters Anonymous because there was nothing more I could try out there. And this was the last, the last chance for me. And I'm so grateful that I, you know, I took the direction and I learned about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. I struggled about the, the disease, the mental part. I thought I need to, needed to be committed in a mental um, hospital. But this is just, it's different, you know. Uh, I'm just so grateful that I have followed the directions the way they're laid out, not any other different way, because this is the only way it has worked for me. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Sasa O. Melissa C. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered in New York. Um, You know, I love how the word recovered is right here, you know, and it's used twice. It says we've recovered and that our book's purpose is to show other alcoholics precisely how we've recovered, you know, and... um, it's the book's purpose and it's my purpose. You know, it reminds me um, how important it is to say I'm recovered, even though um, it feels uncomfortable to say it at certain meetings where that word is not used. Um, I know I have to say it. I know I'm meant to say it um, because it's this book that allows me to say it and um and I know that word is powerful. It's a powerful word, and it gets attention. And um, not that I get attention, but that the solution gets attention. Um, you know, and the other thing is that many don't comprehend that this problem is a disease. You know, I am sick. And, in fact, I'm not just sick. I'm very sick, you know. Um, but this way of living has advantages for all. And... I feel tremendous gratitude that I am sick, that I'm that sick that I needed this book because I get to live today in the advantages, you know. So when things get hairy at work, um, and I know I've shared here a lot, they get really hairy at work. Um, I'm lucky. I have the advantages of having a program. They have incredible advantages, you know. And when I go to visit family today, I get to experience the advantages of this way of living, you know. So what are the advantages? A relationship with God, with man, with myself, um, that I have more love and acceptance in my life than I ever would have had before, you know. So uh, to jump back in on Recovered, you know, Recovered today, yes, it's, it's Thanksgiving. But, you know, I have a good friend and a fellow on this line that reminds me, it's also Thursday, you know, so recovered means I get up today um, and I repeat on this Thursday what I did on Wednesday, you know, because repetition is the only form of permanence and um, recovered means I'm going to go to Thanksgiving dinner. I'm not going to overeat, um, but I'm not even going to want to, you know, I'm actually going to want to be there um, to be there 
<laughs> to be with other people. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Harlan G. is next, and I want to gently remind our, our sharers to stay on topic. Thanks, Harlan. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service. Um, I want to focus on a couple of words here today. Bill Wilson knew and was imbued into his psyche by God that the alcoholic is an immature, sensitive rebel. An immature, sensitive rebel does not like to have a finger pointed in their face and be told what to do. So when we see the word to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered, that word show, to demonstrate through action, is extremely important. He wrote the book in the declarative rather than the imperative, except for chapter 7. What does that mean? He didn't say, you do this, you do this, you say this, you say that, except for chapter 7. It's in the declarative because he knew that we were immature, sensitive rebels. And if I'm going to argue with the author of a book, that's one thing, because it's one, two, three people tops. This is a hundred people. But let's take a word that's not in there and examine it for just a second, if we can. They were the only 100 who had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. This was it. There was no other game in town. These were the people. There were really 60. There weren't really 100. But okay, Bill was cunning, baffling, and powerful too. But even at 60, they were the only people on the face of planet Earth that had recovered from alcoholism. So that gets my attention. They had done it. And they were here to show me precisely what I had to do. On page 45, when we get there, it's going to say the main object of this book is to help me find a power greater than myself that will solve my problem. That's the thesis line in the book. This is another area where they say what the book is about is to show me precisely how they've recovered. And on page 20, it says, it says, what do I have to do? And the next line is, well, that is to answer these questions is precisely what this book is about. Are these three things consistent? You bet they are. You bet they are. And if it wasn't for these people, and if it wasn't for this book, and if it wasn't for this way of life, and if it wasn't for you on the line, listening on the podcast, in the meeting, I would have been dead and in my grave decades ago, which wouldn't have been the worst thing, because death is going to come to us all. But without you, without God, without the steps, the book, the fellowship, I never would have lived, and that would have been the saddest thing of all. And I'm very grateful to every one of you, and I'm grateful to this book and the people who walked before me, and I'm especially grateful to the renaissance of OA, a vision for you. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. Amanda R. Hi, this is Amanda R. Pressing the wrong button on my phone, but here I am now. Um, so I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine, and um, the 
this paragraph, it, it brought out something that's been in my mind a, a, a fair amount lately, um, where it's it's talking about that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And for me, that it, it's sort of like I can say that as, as quickly as the Pledge of Allegiance and often with almost that much thought, which is to say not much. It's like, okay, yep, sure, you know seemingly hopeless state of mind and body next. Um, and the thing is, I really had a pretty low bottom. And it was about it was just about a year ago that I started working this program and really working it, and things started to change. And now here I am, you know, it's Thanksgiving 2016, and I am getting pretty close to a healthy body weight. I've got a, got a you know, a little bit to go, but, you know, I'm feeling good about how I look. I'm feeling good about how my life is going. Things are, you know, really becoming more satisfying, more peaceful, more joyful, happy. And there's this little voice in my head that shows up and says, so you weren't really all that hopeless back then. Like, how how bad could it have been? Like, look at you now. You're really doing okay it wasn't that big of a deal, you know. And it's also, it's only a very short jump to say, well, you know, those people that I might be thinking about sponsoring, they're not really all that hopeless either, not such a big deal for that. I don't really need to put myself out to go help them and, and really, you know, try to try to do everything I can to be of service to them because if this doesn't work for them, they'll just find something else and it's not such a big deal. And and I have to stop right there and it's like it's kinda like my hair stands on end and says, Hey, wait a minute. This 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 is this is scary. This is where, you know, this is a very slippery slope and it gets, you know, steep very quickly. And um that If I forget, you know, this part down at the end of the paragraph where it says many do not comprehend the alcoholic is a very sick person, and I start going with that, that easy-to-believe voice of denial, and I forget the fact that I was almost 300 pounds, that there were, and that I was just, my life was imploding, there were police, there were hospitals, my family didn't want to speak to me, there was flat-out craziness. So, um, yeah, I just have to stand up today and, and say that voice, that voice is not true. Call it out and and continue to believe and live the, what's laid out in this book. And that's all. I pass. Thank you, Amanda R. Charles H. Good morning. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I heard it was 86, but, you know, we <laughs> things get watered down even from people that, that, that quote-unquote, study the big book. I could, I could attest to that. Um, many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person, and besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all, you know, the family after, the employers, the wives, you know, all those people uh, because I have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. And um, I just want to say this as well. Being recovered doesn't mean 
uh, having a beach body or becoming Mother Teresa. Uh, we are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles that we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And, you know, um, I don't know about you. Don't tell me Happy Thanksgiving. Don't don't tell me that because every day is Thanksgiving, every day is Christmas, and if I choose, every day could be Halloween. Um, so I, I choose not to disfigure my body uh, or set the scale back 10 pounds to celebrate pilgrims killing Indians. This is just Thursday. I'm just going to go to a meeting, read the big book, you know, work out, and come back and be with family. You know, and, and you know, um, we definitely ain't saints um, because out of out of despair, out of total destruction, comes recovery. You know, from the from the days of the coffee shop, I've had discussions with people that said, you know, oh, you know, they they was dancing around it because nobody want to gossip. But I could tell you, I'm a gossiper by nature, right? Um, the alcoholic is a sick person. I want to know the roots. Just like I studied the roots of AA, I want to know the roots. So from the coffee shop came the vision, the renaissance. So out of despair and destruction came such a great um, thing. And I was able to call a man that was part of the coffee shop and thank him for his part in that coffee shop because years later, you saved a, 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 a compulsive overeater like me, a very sick person, and I thank that person. And, uh, yeah, and it, it just felt good. I want to know the root. I want to know the root of my destruction and so I can remember the root of my destruction so that I can, I can recall and, and be grateful for where I'm at today. No, I'm not perfect. No, I'm, I don't have a beach body. No, I'm not Mother Teresa, but I'm somewhere in the middle, and I'm grateful for it. And I'll close with this. If somebody from California can text me after work and say, hey, they're in a spot, and I can text somebody from, I'm going to finish, thank you, because a lot of people go over, I always leave, I always leave time on the clock, so let me rock. Um, if somebody from California can text somebody from Missouri and then and then text somebody to, to be of service. You know, that that's amazing. And with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Eight. Kim G, you are next. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning all. My name is Kim G, recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm gonna just drill down on two words. Yeah. It says a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That seemingly is a really powerful word because I always just thought it was a hopeless state of mind and body. You know, I used to think in Overeaters Anonymous, man, I wish I was an alcoholic because they just have to not drink. I have to eat three times a day. I have to take the tiger out of the cage, which was a very popular saying in my area. But let me tell you today, on Thanksgiving, alcoholics are going to drink. They're going to drink soda. They're going to drink lemonade. They're going to drink iced tea. And me as a compulsive overeater, I'm going to eat. I am just not going to eat my binge foods. I, and an alcoholic is not going to eat, going to drink alcohol. We are exactly the same. We have to do a little bit more investigation to discover what our alcohol is, but that we are no different. And that was really important for me to see that I was exactly like these alcoholics. I wasn't a hopeless 
state of mind and body because I was a compulsive overeater. It just was seemingly, seemingly hopeless. And the other word I want to drill down on is that precisely. I don't know about you guys, but when I was in high school and I had to do a book report on War and Peace, I didn't read War and Peace. What I did is I bought the Cliff Notes. And I would write a book report off of that, and I would get a 60 out of 100 and go, what the hell happened? Well, I have to tell you, I'm someone that I, you don't understand me. I'm different. I've been in LA for over as anonymous for decades. I've done the steps dozens of times. They do not work for me. And when I came into a meeting that talked about the precise directions in the big book, the precise way the directions were, were written at a time when the recovery rate was like 70%, and I started to do them precisely, I started to have the precise experience these first 100 had. So I just want to share with you some of my old ideas and what I, what I thought the steps were and what, what the big book's precise directions are. I thought step one, that food and weight was my problem. And if I could just get the right food plan, I would be okay. I learned in the doctor's opinion, I have an allergy to the body and mental obsession. That is, that is what step one is about. In step two, I thought I had to reunite with that childhood God and believe in God before I could go forward. I learned in step two that all I, know, all I need is I got the idea that I need a power. Step three was I'm going to turn my life and my will, which means I'm going to give God this laundry list of things that I would like him to accomplish today. And if he doesn't do it, I'm taking it back. I learned in the big book that step three is simply the decision to go on with the rest of the work. And in four through nine, I think this inventory is about me telling my autobiography, making this person I'm telling my steps to my fifth step two to hate these people as much as I did, identify those character defects so that I can work on them and I can make myself a good person, and apologize to other people. And since I'm at the end of the, the time, I can't tell you what it is in the big book, but if you guys stick around while we go through this book, you can discover what the precise directions are. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim G. This is Rebecca F., and I'm adding my name to the list I'd like to share. Uh, and what I oh, – let me set my timer for myself. Um, you know, this is the beginning of the beginning of the big book. And so what comes to mind is where it says, many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person, Prior to the publication of this book, everybody thought that alcoholics were bad, you know, that they were bad people, that they were morally deficient, if they could only, you know, what was wrong with them, that they couldn't stop drinking. And this was a revelation, a revolution in the whole medical and belief system of the greater populace that alcoholics have a disease and it is not a moral issue. So now fast forward to me uh, a little more than 20 years later, I'm born and I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a fat kid and I eat too much. And I think I'm a bad person because there's something wrong with me morally that I can't fix this for myself. And lo and behold, I'm given by God's grace the ability to identify in with all of you who studied this book about alcoholics and that they don't have uh, a moral issue. They have a disease of body and mind and that it's the 
same for me with food. And what a relief to discover that I am not a bad person. Now, I've lived with that my entire life. And I've been given a new way of living, one in which I don't have to blame myself anymore for being a fat kid and a fat adolescent and a fat young adult and a fat middle-aged person. And not only don't I have to blame myself for it, and I have to reconfigure, you know, with God's help and all of you, a new way of viewing myself because it's so deeply ingrained. But I also am not sad anymore. It's a miracle. The whole thing is a miracle. And not only am I not sad, but even more so, I learned that I am a compulsive overeater and I no longer eat compulsively anymore. And I'm fine with that. It is not a struggle anymore. There's no struggle involved so that I can attend, I can host a feast today in my home and have been for the past five years and not struggle with what's being served. And with that, I'll pass. We have a little bit more time, maybe two more shares. Hi, it's Naomi. Okay, okay, I heard two people, and I'm sure that's all we have time for with this hour, and that's Naomi and Leah. So, Naomi, go right ahead. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my family. Yay! This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive every year. Recovered. Why is it? See, I'm fairly new. I'm a newbie. Five years, I'm a newbie. I still consider myself that. In the meetings, I say I'm recovered. I'm not cured. Never, never, never. I have that mental twist. I will always be a compulsive overeater. By the grace of God, it doesn't happen today. Just for today. Because I follow the directions. I follow the directions in this big book laid out word by word, sentence by sentence. And this, there's so much in this paragraph that just jumps out at me as far as having been recovered, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I was, to- I was hopeless, but I wasn't helpless. Absolutely. And the blessing is I received the gift of desperation. I did. When I sat on my glasses in that tri-fold mirror in a dressing store, seeing how fat I was. Even with the lap band, it didn't matter. The band should have been put on my brain because that's where the fat is, not the top of my stomach. That's not the case today. We are sure that our way of living has advantages. Advantages. Holy crap. I could be on this phone 60 hours. It wouldn't give me enough time. I mean, a woman my age, 69 years young, doing a walking a 10K when I couldn't walk at my top weight three blocks. But we must carry carry the message. And I carry the message. And, yes, I say recovered. I'm never cured. And if it bothers people in the meetings, I'm sorry, tough. That's their problem. It's not mine. Because God has granted me just for today. And the beautiful part of my life for today, which is, is, it's just another Thursday because our family's gathering tomorrow. 
and it'll be just another Friday. And thank you all for being there. I miss you guys. I love you to pieces. I babysit for the kids early in the mornings, but I listen to the callback. And I just love you all so much. God bless you, and happy Thanksgiving. I pass. Thank you, Naomi. Leah, is it Leah M.? It is. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning. Good morning. Very grateful this morning to be talking about this. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. You know, these uh, pioneers who had blazed the trail um, were now following through, you know, on a responsibility and an obligation and enthusiasm to carry this message. They had a few ideas, actually. They had an idea to uh, build a chain of hospitals to treat alcoholics. They had another idea to hire and train missionaries to carry the message. And they had another idea, and that idea was to write a book. And so, After thousands of hours of discussion, this is the collective voice, wisdom, and experience of those in whom the problem had been solved. They decided upon a book in which they would tell other alcoholics the good news, and that's the essence of their experience. So this is not a book of theory or philosophy. It offers a clear step-by-step approach for recovery, and it enables the reader to really fully understand the exact nature, the condition of the disease, and the solution for that disease. And I had to get that same education. I was a very good compulsive overeater. (laughs) I knew a lot about compulsive overeating. What I didn't know about was the exact nature of my disease. I had to get an education, and I didn't know how my disease functioned, and that was what was brought to life for me. For me, and that's the responsibility, I believe, uh, why we all gather here every morning. If you're new to Overeaters Anonymous, you came last week, you came last month, you came eight months ago, you came eight decades ago, you know everything there is to know about compulsive overeating. You are the authority on compulsive overeating. If you are a compulsive overeater of my type, what you don't know is how do you live in your house, today a lot of families gather, with your husband, your wife, your partner, your kids, go to your job and be with your colleagues, your boss, your mother, your father, the president, and not compulsively overeat to stand it. And do that happily. And do that happily. And I tell you, that is the secret of these 12 steps. That's the secret of Overeaters Anonymous. The secret is how to do that. That's what we offer. How to live in your house and not eat your, bend your brains out to stand it. The program of recovery, it says... How we have recovered is the main purpose of the book. How was the obsession to compulsively overeat removed? That's the main purpose of the book. And that is the urgency and necessity for these 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Um, Well, it's five before the hour, and it's time to wrap up. So I want to thank everyone who's been on the line today and who will remain on the line for the next hour and who has offered to read um, or share and read and share.
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Hoodie R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning. Thank you so much, Rebecca. My name is Hoodie R. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.